This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. So we have Pierre Pauly of the federal conservative leader who's just on here, and he's doing a swing through British Columbia, so he's in Vancouver this morning. He got a big crowd up island on Vancouver Island yesterday. There's a there's an island there's a there's a riding in the North Island. He's got his eye yeah, on so there, right? North Island has been historically a conservative party riding. Yeah. Before that was a Reform Party, if you yeah. recall. Yeah. Uh, it's also NDP. Yeah. Um, NDP right now. Right? NDP right now. Yeah. It's also provincially. Usually very close riding. Yes. It's not a it's it's a swing riding. Yeah. So he's right to have his eyes on that because yeah. that is one riding that could easily fall into conservative hands sure. in the next election. Um, so yeah, so he got a big. I think it was like fifteen hundred people up there. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big crowd. So he's drawing big crowds. There is this wave right now of conservative support. This I think, and you've talked about, we've talked about this. I think this ad campaign is masterful yeah. of uh, rebranding him, yeah. using his wife as a very effective campaign tool, uh, both on the hustings and in the, her own ad is also very effective. Yes. So and then you know Lawrence Martin's got a good piece in the Globe today saying, where are the liberals? Where is Trudeau? Like, they've just basically uh, held their guns in their holsters. There's nothing coming up except finally today. They have allowed, just on that point, the liberals have allowed Polyev to define himself effectively yep. through these ads in this makeover one, without returning fire. Exactly. And yeah. one theory is they're waiting because the next election is a ways away. We're still sort of at the very end of summer. People aren't paying attention as much. I mean, those are all nice theories. But, no, Poliev, I mean, the, the proof of Poliev's success is seen, or if you want to call it proof, or just an indication, in the widening gap between him and the Liberals. The abacus poll out today, David Collette, Colletta's poll, is like 15 points now. Whoa. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's historically huge. Yeah. And the Liberals have just kept their powder dry. And one assumes they are preparing some attack ads on Pierre Poliev. No question. There's going to be some attack ads. There's going to be some aggressive pro-Liberal ads coming from Trudeau. But they've got to change their message. It yeah. can't be this touchy-feely woke type stuff coming from the liberals and we saw a glimmer of it this morning in london there are news reports and you've reported on this already uh that he's going to announce uh getting rid of the gst trudeau is going to announce trudeau, this. part of their their housing package getting rid of the uh, gst on new rental construction for housing right uh so i mean that's the start of something you know that they've got to do but uh, right now Poliev owns the field and he's showing that. Well, I asked Polyev about that. What do you think about Trudeau cutting the GST on rental construction? And he was like, he was kind of glum about it. Yeah. Basically said, it's my, it was my idea, and he stole it from me. Yeah, and that's all's fair <laughs> in politics. You know, get used yeah. to it, Mr. Polyev, because Trudeau, if Trudeau's smart, yeah. he will, let's, let's, all political leaders do this, steal the other guy's platform. If yeah. it works, if it's popular, why let them take ownership of it? Either share ownership or saying it's me too. Yeah. And the other guys can claim, we thought of it first. Well, it doesn't matter. The voters don't see it that way. Yeah, Trudeau's going to have to wake up here. And they, oh, they're uh, going to have to wake up. They're completely quiet. Yeah. You know, they're, they're at a... They've let Pauly have just run, run wild here. They are, and uh, you got to figure right now they're meeting in London, uh, the caucus, and they've got to figure there's... there's it's interesting to note, and we'll get to the BC situation in a moment, but yeah. it's interesting to note there are now MPs quoted 
it's in Lawrence Martin's piece today, other pieces as well. Um, not really liberal MPs. Liberal MPs. They're grumpy. They're grumpy. They're yeah. not attacking Trudeau. Right. They're not calling for his resignation, but they're starting to speak out how frustrated they are. They're wondering, where's our communication strategy? Where's our re-election strategy? Why aren't we saying anything? So they haven't turned on Trudeau, but they're starting to see the first criticism of and frustration. And when that happens, you know, we've seen this before. It starts with frustration. It starts with a little unhappiness. It can turn into unhappiness well, Trudeau, about the leader pretty quick. Trudeau even had his own MP in London. This is a liberal riding in London, Ontario. And the local London MP is this young young MP. And she said, I can't afford to buy a home in this city. And yeah. we got to talk about that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is like a lot of people are saying. And that's this. why they need a big ticket item. And I think getting rid of the GST on new construction, even though Poliev came out with that first, although Trudeau actually came out with that first as, as Poliev pointed. Out. This was an eight-year-old promise. Sure, he promised it years ago. Years never when he first delivered. Ran for prime minister. Yeah, uh, and then since then, Poldi has taken up. But I mean, that's the type of big-ticket promise I think voters are looking for from any party, not yeah. just this, you know, tax credit here, you know, tax credit there. Yeah. It's like getting rid of a huge cost item. Yeah, Poldiev in his interview with you again raises the specter of fees and permitting and delays, all valid criticism. Yeah. You know, everyone's, there's a lot of, you know, housing experts out there who will point out the interminable delays when it comes to permitting and then owner's development fees you've got to put on. Uh, and Poliev's talking about getting rid of that. Look for Trudeau to follow suit. Yeah. I think he's going to come up with a housing platform that also calls for the elimination or the great reduction of development fees. Oh, he's going to steal and more of Poliev's ideas. For okay. sure. I mean, this is all <laughs> this is bread and butter in politics. Yeah, yeah. it's getting juicy for, it is. for sure. Okay, let's uh, focus on, on B.C. politics right now, which has certainly been juicy here the last couple of days, too. So Bruce Banman, the Abbotsford MLA, former Liberal MLA, then B.C. United, of course, they changed their name. He does the big switcheroo yesterday, crosses the floor, joins the B.C. Conservative Party. So I, he was on the show yesterday and I asked him, are there other B.C. United MLAs could follow him over to the Conservatives? Here's what he said. There are others and I'll let them speak for themselves. I'm not the only one that is shown uh, increasing uh, discontent uh, within the party. Um, I'm not alone in that. Well, first of all, I don't think um, that we're talking about people being upset about whip votes that Bruce Bandman's talking about. I mean, that's part of the parliamentary system. You buy into the parliamentary system, you go under the whip vote system. But I am picking up, we're all picking up, this sort of unease in the BC United group because of these yeah. polls, this inability for BC United to rebrand itself. They're having a rebranding problem. People don't know who they are. In the meantime, up pops these polls. Uh, Main Street poll last week, there's some internal polls, not commissioned by the BC United, but others floating around that show the BC Conservatives and the BC United either tied or the Conservatives slightly ahead. Then you have yeah. the by-election results where the BC United candidate finished fourth in one of the writings yeah. again, behind the BC Conservatives. And that's got to make some BC, BC United MLAs who represent writings that are traditionally very strong conservative writings on the federal level. And I pointed out last night in the news hour, if you take the federal election results and transport them, translate them over the BC electoral map, the BC, the federal conservatives own BC outside of Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Island for the most part, with a couple of NDP 
you know, orange ridings uh, sprinkled in the interior. Sure. We're talking the north, the Okanagan, the Kootenays in the interior. Yeah. Federally, very strong conservative ridings. Right. So if there's suddenly a B.C. conservative version, a provincial version of the conservative party that hasn't been there before yeah. in any great shape or form, you have to wonder whether those federal voters are going to say, hmm, I'm going to go with the conservative party that wouldn't because particularly – since the other alternatives, I'm definitely not going NDP. Right. And what's this BC United? People Look, don't even I, know what BC United I is. I was talking is. to someone yesterday, a young person who's fairly savvy on politics, never heard of this BC United. Yeah. What is, what is that? And so they've, they've got to go through a rebranding exercise, which takes time, and it takes a lot of money to do that. Yeah. And you're not going to get free media. It's not like we're all going to sit here and cover BC United because we think we're part of a rebranding exercise. That's not how it works. They've got to earn that, and they've got to pay for it. Well, speaking of earned media, now you've got the BC Conservative Party has official party status at the legislature with two MLAs. And so they're going means, to get staff. They're going to get resources. And even perhaps even more importantly, on a daily basis, to get profile. They right, get a, they right. get a question-and-question question period now. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Rustad got one question, I think, every two weeks. Uh-huh. Now it's every day. Just like the Green Party gets a question and a follow-up. So That's you, the rule because they're an official yeah, party. An now. official party. Yeah. There will be a meeting of the, the management committee here, the, the Legislative Assembly Management Committee, of which the Conservatives, as the official party status, now get a member on that committee to join Sonia Firstenau of the Greens and the NDP and the United. And the, there will be enough numbers on there to guarantee the BC Conservatives will get financial resources to hire staff, research and such, to put yeah. them on a par with the Green Party. Uh, the Green Party just down the hall, up one floor, got a fair number of staff people in there, and they get sure. money to do research. Yeah. Uh, they've got two MLAs. The Conservatives now have two MLAs. They, all, they both get equal representation in the, in the legislature. They're on the front line right on, beside BC United, yeah. not in the back row, and they get representation in question period, which means they're elevated in profile. This is all bad news for BC United. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Now, I asked – now, John Rustad is the leader of the BC Conservative Party. He was on the show earlier today. And I asked him, hang on a sec, aren't you just going to split split the vote? Like, this is great news for David Eby and the NDP, because now his opponents are split. They're fighting each other. That gives him a clear path here to potentially hang on to power. And then he said to me, well, I think that he thinks Eby might call a snap election, an early election here, given the situation. Here's what he had to say to me. I'll get your thoughts. Here's Rustad. What David Eby and the BC NDP are worried about is that we're challenging them for government. I don't think that an early election is out of the question because I think he is worried that if he waits too long, we will be forming government after the next election in 2024. Okay, you're rolling your eyes there. Yeah, a little. We're a long ways from that, John. I mean, so so far, uh, there's no evidence to support that. I mean, uh, Angus Reid pulled out yesterday. David Eby's approval rating 46 percent. Yeah. Any, which is good. It's very good. Yeah. Any leader with 46% is going to win an election. Yeah. Now, Rustad's not wrong to say that there seems to be some momentum, both yeah. at the federal level, which is obviously, I think, rubbing off on provincial levels, of a rise in the conservative brand. Yeah. There's no quite, but I, they're nowhere near the point of challenging EB for government. Now, who knows? A year from now, we could be in a different situation. But as long as the conservatives are united, split the vote on yeah. that at that level. That's just a cakewalk for the NDP. Well, when is the next provincial election actually on scheduled? Paper, on paper, October 2024. Right. A couple things to factor in. There is a seat redistribution. Six more seats are being added to the electoral map. Mm. On paper, five of those favor the NDP. In some cases, very strong. One here over in the Capitol. It's you know John right next to John uh, Horgan's old writing. Yes, it's got to be an NDP writing. There's one in Kelowna, likely favors United, or 
It favors BC the music conservative, conservative yeah. which again yeah. federally represents that that area. So uh, I think EB wants those in place. And Elections BC says they don't think they can get those writings in place with all the mechanics and things, that, the logistics that come with that uh, until late fall. So I don't think there's any election late fall. I've always thought the spring, despite EB's talk about sticking to the election date, is always a window that could be opened. This um, spring, this coming spring. Spring of 2024. Yeah. Right okay. now, EB's sticking to his guns, fall of 2024. But you right. got to figure if if, a, if polls continue to show it's a 45% NDP, 20, 25% split each for Conservatives and United, that's pretty tempting. That anyway. is. Yeah. I would think make David EB's trigger figure finger very itchy and deep <laughs> in the spring. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Tim and Kamloops. Hi, Tim. Go ahead. Uh, hi, yeah. Two very quick things. Um, saw the speech on Polyev this morning, and uh, then the station that he wanted to fund was doing some fact checks saying that there was no housing minister in the Stephen Harper government. And as well, he said that he would reduce the pay of those municipal municipalities or people who do zoning. Um, it's interesting because I thought conservatives were small government, but it seems over the last few days and weeks, Pierre wants a big one. Didn't he want to fire Tiff Macklin as well? Thanks, guys. Okay. Yeah, Thank so, okay. Um, there are some in contradictions about conservatives who advocate small government and then want to have a bigger role to play in government. So he wants to not a direct role, but Polyev is, and he's not alone in this, even David Eby's talked about this, is overreach over municipalities. And it's yeah. a carrot and stick approach. It's not, he's not going to arbitrarily reduce the salaries of zone, people who do zoning. He has no power to do that, except indirectly. If he were to uh, shut off the funding to municipalities. He would reduce their grants and transfer payments, yeah. right, if, if they if, don't approve enough housing. If they don't approve enough housing, yeah. approve housing along his line, which put housing near transit stations, yeah. uh, rapid transit lines. Right. Kind of what the NDP government's talking about in BC. Now that you know, you could argue down the road as municipalities have to make budget adjustments because the feds have turned off their uh, cash flow. Maybe that affects the salary of a zoning person, but that's not a direct connection to what Poliev's talking about. So no, there's no direct correlation there. Linda in Delta. Hi, Linda. Go ahead. Hi there. Um, Hi. I just wondered if you could give a quick version or explanation of why um, Pierre Poliev. Uh, is is not like he's saying everything that everybody wants um, to be done, and he's saying he can do it, or you know help the homeless do this, do that. Why why are people against that? I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> well, okay. you know, I'm not. 
you say something can get done, and some, you know, not necessarily people are going to be against uh, those types of promises. He's, and now you challenged him today on your interview with him. How even if you do all these things, yeah. how how is that going to bring down the cost, uh, the price of housing in a place like Vancouver where well, the yeah. demand is so? And he says, "Well, you just have to build more." That's, yeah, you build more expensive housing. Yeah, I pretty, mean, you know, where, you how is the price going to come? He that, says, well, supply and demand. You know, you build um, more. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. So, you know, politicians always offer simplistic solutions that sound nice. You drill down. It's not quite as simple as it sounds. But it sounds good, and that's what politicians, half the game is making it sound good. Well, you know, the, the liberals will paint him as a wolf in sheep's clothing on this stuff, that he's just looking to line the pockets of all his rich corporate buddies that all his, yeah. his big, rich developer friends will get rich building this house. That's have what they'll say. To, where the liberals have to worry about is whether anyone is listening to them anymore. Yeah. So they've been in power eight years, and lots of his history's riddled with the corpses of governments who've been in power a long time, and it doesn't matter what they say after a while. The public doesn't listen. They want to listen to the other side because it's they're tired of the old message, and that's one of the big challenges. Last question, got side. 30 seconds here. Do you think any, just going back to provincial, do you think there are any other BC United slash liberal MLAs that could defect here to this conservative party? Is well, that possible? Difference between what are you picking and up? Would. I think there are people uh, considering it, yeah. talking. I don't mm-hmm. think they're there yet. I don't, yeah. you know, I think they want to see more evidence that the hole the United's in is actually dig uh, deeper than it appears to be and is un- get-outable, and I don't think they're there yet. But I think people are talking about it.